Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. Well, we're going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter number 6, and we are finishing up this portion of Scripture about the spiritual warfare and the armor that uh, we are supposed to be wearing and uh, uh, putting on the Lord's armor in his strength. And uh, as we come to this, uh, this verse here in Ephesians 6, verse number 18, uh, if you will, this is kind of like the, it's kind of like the crowning jewel of this whole passage of our spiritual warfare and the armor that uh, we're supposed to be uh, putting on. And Paul is basically summing up all of Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 through 13, as he talks about uh, this spiritual battle that we're, that we're in and we're engaged in every single day. And he talks about these, uh, these heavenly uh, spiritual forces, the, the darkness, the cosmic powers, the, uh, the spiritual forces of evil. And he tells us that we combat this stuff by taking on the spiritual armor, ready our, readying ourselves with spiritual armor, this full armor of God. And it enables us to stand firm against the enemy and the attacks, the the day-to-day attacks of the enemy. And uh, so he mentions here the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, uh, the sandals of the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then finally he comes here to verse 18 and he says, now listen, I've given you all this stuff. Here's the crowning jewel of all of it. He says how we are exactly supposed to fight in the spiritual battle, and it is through praying at all times. Now, it's no surprise that how we actually fight is through prayer because this is a spiritual battle. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness. And it is through prayer is how we are supposed to able to fight. And so this is what I'd like for you to take away with you this morning. We fight for God against the enemy through prayer. We fight for God against the enemy through prayer. Now, I confess in my own life that uh, prayer is is probably one of the most difficult topics for me to talk about and to preach about um, because it is a difficult subject for me to understand and even put into practice in my own life. Um, not a week goes by, especially in this ministry within this body of believers, that I find myself being very inadequate to do what I've been called to do. Um, I must realize that it is through the Lord, through his power, through his enabling grace that allows me to do what Christ has called me to do. Um, I could not endure without prayer. I can't. It's, it's almost an impossibility. I could, I, I'm really honestly, I, I find prayer to be very 
increasingly difficult in my life. There are times where I find that I don't know what to say. I run out of things to say. I struggle with the time to actually pray and put it into practice. I mean, there are so many things to do around here. There really is. Um, and really, the, the, the thing that I should be doing more of is praying. So I say all that because just because I'm talking about prayer today doesn't mean that I have everything together. Um, I'm preaching this to myself as well because I need this. Because without prayer, I cannot do what I should be doing. And so I, I want to encourage you that uh, um, just because I'm standing here talking about prayer does not mean that I have everything together about prayer. Um, now, in this passage here, Ephesians 6.18, there's a lot here. We're not going to be able to work through all of it uh, here today. So we're actually going to break this up into two, uh, two messages about prayer. Uh, but I want to give you some things I think could be very helpful for us to understand about prayer and praying in the Spirit, what that actually means. So let's take a notice here at our text, Ephesians 6, 18. Here's the crowning jewel of our spiritual warfare, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, if you notice in that, uh, in that verse, the word all, if you count it up, how many times it's there, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Uh, so Paul is giving us some things about prayer and how important it is for the life of the believer. So first of all, number one, stand firm with all kinds of prayer. Stand firm with all kinds of prayer. During World War II, an officer was briefing his men on how to take a certain objective. He demonstrated to them the manner in which they needed to uh, complete the objective was to hug the ground. In other words, get on your knees, get on your belly, hug the ground so as to stay below the enemy fire so that they would not be hit. He said in conclusion, if you are to advance on your knees, you will always be safe. And is this not so true for the believer as well? If we are going to advance for the gospel, if we're going to advance for Christ, if we're going to advance in our spiritual warfare, you need to stay on your knees. Prayer is so important. That's why I say prayer is the crowning jewel of our spiritual warfare here. And so we fight the enemy through prayer. Prayer is really what is enabling the believer to use the spiritual armor. Because, I mean, when you come to the belt of truth, what is truth? God's truth. How do we actually put it on? Through prayer. God, I believe what you're saying is true, and we put it into practice. Um, and it is all through this prayer that we, that we find this. So we find in this verse two words that really help us understand what it means to pray with all kinds of prayer. Look what he says here. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Uh, in other translations, you might find uh, the word keeping alert 
Um, but there is a praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Now notice verse 14 in Ephesians uh, 6. Look what he says here. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So stand firm. That's the idea, right? Stand firm. How do we do it, Paul? How do we stand firm in the evil day? Well, we do this through the culmination of us using the armor and it is through praying and by keeping alert to what is going on. Not just aimlessly wandering through life, but keeping alert to what is happening, knowing that there's spiritual wickedness, knowing that there's evil forces at work, you're alert to the dangers that are around you and you stand firm by praying. Now notice what Paul does here in this verse though. He links prayer and supplication. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. He puts those two together. Now, he does this in a couple other places in the word. Uh, for example, in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in, by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, first of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanks be offered on behalf of all people. Now, in our text... The effect here that Paul is piling up all of these things about prayer, prayer, supplication, he's, and he repeats it. Notice what he does here, repeats it twice. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit, prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. He's repeating himself, and he is trying to emphasize the priority of prayer in spiritual warfare. So if Paul says prayer is so important for our spiritual warfare, why is it that we do not place an importance on it? We go into our battle, into spiritual battle, without prayer. And I believe even in my own life, I think it's because we think that we can fight these spiritual armies through our flesh and through our blood, uh, through some type of physical means. But Paul says that's not the answer. It is through prayer is how we are able to do uh, and fight in the spiritual warfare. So what kinds of prayer are there in spiritual warfare? The Lord's Prayer really gives us a helpful outline of different kinds of prayer. Um, and most of you know this, but let's just turn over there to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to outline the different kinds of prayer for you that are found as we pray. Okay? <clears throat> so Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9, the Lord gives us the Lord's Prayer. And I want to show you, and if, you, if you're in a habit of putting things in your Bible, you can just jot down the little words here and, and in place of where the, uh, the verses are. So verse number nine, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus is saying, this is what you pray. This is how you pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That points us 
toward worship as we pray for God's glory. So when we pray, our prayer should include worship. And so we are worshiping God as we are praying. Verse number 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This points to prayer for missions and evangelism and discipleship. We're praying, we're asking God to do this. Your kingdom's coming. Your will needs to be done. Father, we're praying for you to send out labors out into your harvest. Look at verse number 11. Give us this day our daily bread. So finally, he then asks, this is prayer for our personal needs. So you have worship, you have missions, evangelism, discipleship, then you have prayer for personal needs. Verse number 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is a confession of our sins, a prayer of confession of sins and prayer for our relationships. And then verse 13, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this is prayer for holiness, both for others and for ourselves. So these are all kinds of prayers that we are praying. And I don't know, maybe it might be true in your own life, but what is the thing that we sometimes think of what prayer is? Just asking, right? God, thank you for this. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I need this. God, I need that. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. But Jesus points to us and tells us that prayer encompasses so much more than just asking for personal needs. It's about his glory. The prayers even in the Psalms and in other scriptures may uh, even point to other types of prayers. Uh, Jeff has already pointed out uh, today in Sunday school and then even last week in Sunday school about the prayers of, of Paul and as he's praying for the church, the kinds of prayers, he's asking them that they be strengthened in Christ and that the will of God would be done in their life. I mean, those are some really different types of prayers than what we're sometimes just used to. Uh, but Paul's point is that we fight for God against the enemy as we use all types of prayers. So stand firm with all kinds of prayers. Here's the second thing here. Stand firm by praying at all times. Praying at all times, really? Can I actually pray at all times? Is that a possibility? The phrase here literally is at every opportunity. So praying at every opportunity. Stand firm by praying with every opportunity. It's the same idea as in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where Paul says, pray without ceasing. Now that word uh, without ceasing, that phrase without ceasing was used, actually this is, this is amazing, was actually used in a way to talk about military attacks. So you have, let's just say you have a military and they're going to, they're advancing and the objective is to take the city. And so here comes the army, here comes the military, and it's marching up to the city, and the city is going to be attacking back. And so that army is advancing, 
but then it comes back, it regroups, and then goes again and attacks. Comes back, regroups, goes again and attacks. Goes back, regroups, goes back and attacks. And so Paul is trying to say, pray without ceasing in the idea of praying at all times. Yes, you're advancing with prayer in the spiritual battle. The objective is so that you won't be overtaken by the evil spiritual forces and you're going to have to come back regroup and attack again. And you continually, continually, continually do that until you conquer. So in this case, in a spiritual warfare, we need to pray often and repeatedly until we gain the victory and stand firm. John MacArthur had this to say on this verse here in Ephesians, and I really like what he had to say he says, to obey, to obey this exhortation means that when we are tempted, we hold, to, we hold the temptation before God and ask for his help. When we experience something good and beautiful, we immediately thank the Lord for it. When we see evil around us, we pray that God will make it right and be willing to be used of him to that end. When we meet someone who does not know Christ, we pray for God to draw that person to himself and to use us to be a faithful witness. When we encounter trouble, we turn to God as our deliverer. In other words, our life becomes a continually ascending prayer, a perpetual communing with our heavenly Father. So it's constant that you're bringing it before the Lord. So prayer is not a mere formality to say before a meal or to even open before a meeting. It's the way that we acknowledge our need and dependence on God and lay hold of his promises. John Bunyan said this about prayer, pray often for prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God and a scourge for Satan. So pray with all prayer and supplication at all times, constantly advancing because you're in a spiritual warfare. Here's the third thing here. Stand firm by praying in the Spirit. Now, understanding here that there are many of you with different backgrounds here, this verse can cause some contention as to its proper meaning, so we're just going to skip this and not talk about it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Uh, Jude, uh, verse 20 uh, tells us to do this as well. Uh, it says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, my take on this text is not referring to praying in tongues. Now, let me give you my reasons why. Number one, Paul is saying to everyone, you need to pray in the Spirit. He's saying that to everyone. He's giving that to the entirety of the church. 
Now, if praying in the spirit means tongues, not everyone has been given the gift of tongues and therefore not everyone would be able to fulfill this command. And I believe that when God gives us a command, he expects everyone to actually be able to obey it and to fulfill that. And so God never gives us a command that we cannot obey. Secondly, it's my understanding that Genuine speaking or praying in tongues is to speak or pray in a translatable foreign language, not to speak or pray in nonsense syllables. Okay. There is the question of, well, what about the tongues of angels then? Well, in relating to this particular passage here about praying in the Spirit, my take on this is I say, no, it's not referring to praying in the Spirit in tongues of angels. Because Paul is talking about making definite petitions to God, not praying in an unknown tongue and not knowing what you are praying. Now, I know we have people in here who pray in tongues, in their own private devotions, and you do that, and I don't want to discourage you one bit. If God has so gifted you in that, then I encourage you to continue to do that. But here, in this particular passage, I do not believe that Paul is talking about praying in tongues. So, you may have a different understanding on this passage, and that's fine, because of love, we can allow room for differences, and with our brothers and sisters on Christ and non-essentials, we can allow other people to have liberty on things that are non-essential. But the main point is you need to be praying if you are going to be standing firm. So then, if my take on it does not necessarily mean tongues, what does this mean to pray in the Spirit then? Here's just a few things. Number one, praying in the Spirit is to pray in dependence on the Spirit in accordance with God's words. Okay? Now, back up verse number 17 in Ephesians 6, because I want to show you how Paul puts these two verses together. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the what? Spirit, capital S, which is the word of God. Now, what is right after the word God? What, what do you find there? What is it? What punctuation? Colon, comma. Then verse 18, praying, continuing, praying at all times in the Spirit's. So Paul has just told us to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God's written Word reveals to us His moral will for our lives. And with that, as God reveals to us His Word, okay, the, the sword of the Spirit is revealing to us His Word, we are then praying that in connection with the Holy Spirit. Who wrote the word of God? You say, well, man did. Well, true, God did use human authors. 
But what was the primary means of God writing his word? 2 Timothy 3.16, right? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God literally breathed out. We find in 1 Peter, it says that men were moved by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, as they were writing those words. So this is a spiritual book. It's authored by the Holy Spirit. And as we are reading the word, we are praying in connection with the author who wrote it. Now, I must say that the Spirit will never lead us to pray contrary to the will of God as revealed in the Word of God. You cannot pray in the Spirit, Lord, bless me as I enter into marriage with this unbeliever, because that goes contrary to the Word of God. Um, I've even heard things from married couples that have said things like, I prayed and asked God if I should get a divorce and I have peace about it. Sorry, you're not talking to God. You're not talking to the Spirit of God because that goes contrary to the Word of God. One way of praying in the Spirit is to use the prayers in Scripture to direct your own request. Uh, we've studied uh, two of Paul's prayers here in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and also Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And there are many other prayers in the Bible. Um, but all of God's commandments in Scripture should be turned into prayer for holiness in the lives of God's people, including your own life. So to pray in the Spirit is to pray in accordance to God's revealed will in His Word. Secondly, Praying in the Spirit is to pray in dependence on the Spirit under His direction and power. Now, this doesn't necessarily happen very often in my life, and maybe it's happened in your life, but I have had times where I was struggling to pray, finding it difficult to concentrate not sensing the Lord's presence, is praying. Then suddenly the Holy Spirit prompts my heart to pray for something, something that I had no idea about. Maybe you might have a prayer list and you're going through the, pray, the, the prayers and Lord, please be with so-and-so and, -so and uh, this problem that they're having, Lord, be with it. You know, and it just seems kind of, you know, doing, going through the list. But then almost it's, it's like the Spirit of God just impresses upon your heart to pray for something not even found on that list. What is that? I believe that is praying in the Spirit. You're praying with His divine help under His direction and in His power. He prompts you to pray something. He directs your thoughts. He gives you your words. He gives you power and freedom as you're praying about these things. Um, so the Spirit is moving you along through prayer and that all originates with him. Also, I believe that there have been times that the, I mean, this has happened before. I, I may be sleeping, and it's just like you're sleeping, and then all of a sudden 
You wake up with this desire that you need to pray for somebody, something. What is that? I believe that that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And he's moving you, he's, he's pushing you to pray. So I believe that God does this as we pray. And so we should keep praying even when we don't feel this unction of the Spirit, but we should also ask the Spirit for his direction and his power as we pray. Now, just a reminder, you cannot pray in the Spirit if you have unconfessed sin in your life. Psalm 66, 18 states, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So if I think that I can come before God's holy throne and the power of his Holy Spirit, while at the same time holding on to some unconfessed sin in my heart, um, I am greatly deceived at that. So that's why Peter tells us, and he tells husbands particularly, that if they, if they do not treat their wives correctly, if they're not living with their wives in the right way, he says, husband, your prayers will be hindered. So, um, because they are fellow heirs of the grace of life with their wife and their prayers will be hindered if they don't treat their wives properly. So God knows our hearts. He knows what's going on in our hearts. But we have to pray in the spirit, allowing the spirit of God to have control as we are praying. So we can't play games. We can't disobey him. Uh, we can't sweet talk God into uh, giving him what we want. Uh, for those of you that have children, know that uh, children are masters at this. Right? They come to you with that little sweet little voice. <laughs> you know? Or they'll say, oh, you're my best friend. Can I have a cookie? <laughs> right? And then you give them the cookie and then they turn into a demon. <laughs> right? We can't sweet talk God into to getting things. So we must pray in the spirit, standing firm by praying in the spirit. And so stand firm in spiritual warfare by praying with all kinds of prayer at all times and in the spirit. Now there's two other things here that are in this passage, verse 18, but we don't have time here uh, to dive into them uh, this morning. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.